0: Good morning. How are you?
1: (laughs) Now, if you were here last week, I thought you might say, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. But maybe you don't feel that way. I don't know. You know, there's a famous song called Count, Your blessings. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) Now, if you were here last week, I thought you might say, blessed and highly favored of the Lord.
0: But maybe you don't feel that way. I don't know. You know, there's a famous song called Count Your Blessings.
1: Do you ever count your blessings? The song says, if you count your blessings, then everything will be fine. (laughs) That's my uh, paraphrase of the message of that song.
0: When you count your blessings, what Counts. What do you call a blessing when you want to count your blessings? You know, the Bible says some strange
1: things about this, some very strange things. So, for example, in the book of James, chapter
0: 1, the Bible says, Count count it all joy when various troubles come into your life. really count
1: it all joy when you encounter various trials troubles difficulties knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance blessed this is verse 12 of james 1 blessed is the man who perseveres under trouble?
0: What do you count when you're counting your
1: blessings? You know, it's often considered or thought that James is some kind of sermon or commentary on the Sermon on the Mount, which also says some very strange things about counting your blessings. You remember these things? Matthew chapter 5. There's a passage we call the Beatitudes. <laughs> you know what that means? The blessings. There's a list where Jesus says blessed is a particular kind of person.
0: Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the spiritually desperate people. The spiritually impoverished ones. What?
1: Blessed are those who mourn. Now, I just want to observe that when Jesus goes to counting blessings, he might be counting something different from what we typically count. Because what we typically count is some happy event. Something good that happens, something that we perceive as good. You know, in the book of James, he says, every good and perfect gift is from above and proceeds down. So I guess it's probably correct to count anything good as a blessing. But here's my problem. I
0: can't tell what's good.
1: And what the scripture says repeatedly is that things often that don't appear good to us, God is actually sending blessing. In fact, the scripture makes this wild and crazy promise. God is working everything to the
0: benefit of his children. So here's what you should count when you count your blessings everything.
1: Everything. I'd just like to suggest this practice of blessing counting figure out how everything that has happened in the last 24 hours is a blessing. Now, you won't be able to do it. There are many things, and you, won't, you don't have the necessary vision to see the blessing that is wrapped in a trouble.
0: But there is a blessing in that trouble. Every time, all the time, everything.
1: I sing of the goodness of God normally when God seems good to me that day. But God is good to me every day, all day, in everything if tomorrow I got a diagnosis of a horrible disease, some of you have had this experience.
0: In that trouble is a delivery of the goodness of God. That can be hard to see, hard to trust, and yet, that is what we are called upon to trust i believe
1: in the goodness of god on what basis is this not just some sort of
0: christiany denial of reality is it not just some sort of
1: dream that we dream up in order to comfort ourselves? On what basis
0: can I count everything
1: as blessing? This basis and only this basis, He is risen.
0: That's all I've got.
1: And in Him, all the promises of God are yes. In Him, in Him, only in Him. And that expression, in Him, is one of the keys for the understanding of the book of Ephesians, which we've been looking at. We started last week this journey through this amazing, amazing message from our God. And the reason I'm talking about counting our blessings is because the book of Ephesians opens with this outlandish statement that God has blessed us, not might bless us, not could bless us, not maybe will bless us if we behave ourselves. No, has blessed us in the heavenly places with every spiritual blessing. In Christ Jesus. You don't have any blessings that aren't in Him. All the blessings of God are delivered in the person of Jesus Christ. So, how are you? Better than you think, better than you can tell. Blessed and highly favored of the Lord.
0: Even when you have a headache. Even when your
1: whole life feels like a headache. And so we read, we began the list of these blessings last time. He chose us in Him. God the Father chose us in the Son before He started anything. Before the foundation of the world He chose us. He set His love
0: upon us. Why? That we should be holy and without defect
1: or blemish before Him. That we would be His and only His. That we would belong to Him and be righteous in
0: Him without defect in Him. It's got a little ways to go on that with me. I don't know about you. Well, some of you I know. But He has decided already.
1: That's where I will end up. In love, we read, He predestined us. Now, when you read the word predestined in the Bible, you need to find out what the destiny is. It's not always the same when that word gets used. What is the destiny? To adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself. That we would be God's children. God determined in advance to adopt you. He decided, well, that's the only way you can adopt anyone. You have to decide. He decided to adopt you through the work of Christ. What for? Why? Well, it had a basis, the kind intention of his will. You notice that's something about him. It's not something about me. It's something about him. His will is kindly intended, is pleased to do me a favor. And it had a purpose. Do you know that you were not saved in order that you would be saved? That that wasn't the ultimate goal in your salvation? We find that out in the book of Ephesians. We think that's the goal. Well, that's our goal. Yeah, I want to be saved. I think I need to be saved. I trust in Jesus in order to be saved. But God didn't save you for that purpose in the end that's not well that he had that purpose but that purpose has a purpose you know what it is it's right here in this text to the praise of the glory of his grace we don't go preaching the gospel just to get people saved we go preaching the gospel because god's grace must be glorified God, The goodness of God's grace is so fantastic. I need more people to see it and understand it and trust it. And that's its ultimate goal, your salvation. The ultimate goal of God in your salvation is worship, not just salvation. To the praise of His glory. To the praise of His glory. To the praise... The book of Ephesians keeps on saying that at the end of all these blessings. Wow. (laughs) So, to the praise of his glory, the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, the beloved is Jesus, his beloved son, Now, this this chapter is like a big pile of words for the goodness of God. His grace
0: freely bestowed.
1: The word freely bestowed is graced. It's like a verb form of the same word. His grace, which He graced us with.
0: In Christ. In Him, we go
1: on to read. In Christ. In the Son. In the Beloved. We have, and the word have means we come to hold. We grasp. We hold fast, to use the terminology of the book of Hebrews. We have these blessings. You ready?
0: No, you are not ready.
1: The magnitude of these things is beyond our imagination. And so we are called upon by the Apostle in the Word of God to try to understand the goodness of God toward us. This is why we have church. So that we can try again. So that we can grasp the grace of God in Christ and then go out of this place to be the people who show the grace of God in Christ. And to do so together in the body of Christ. Well, here are some of those things. First of all, we have redemption through His blood. Redemption. You have been bought out of slavery. That's what that word means. You were enslaved and you have been set free. And what was the price of your redemption the blood of Jesus. You can read about this in lots of places in the New Testament. Romans 6 is a good one, where in Christ, in our union with Christ, we were crucified with Christ. We were somehow in the mystical mind of God. We are in Christ when He is put to death, and so we died. Paul uh, repeats this in Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live. Because you died, you are no longer the enslaved person. You were a slave to sin and death to the devil himself. You were a slave, but you have been set free by the blood of Christ. In Him we died. In Him we rose. In Him we can walk in newness of life. That's all in Romans 6. I recommend you read it. Oh, by the way, I'm going to repeat my recommendation that on a daily basis you read the first chapter of the book of Ephesians so that you can bear in mind the goodness of God toward you to the praise of His glory. Well, what's the second thing? We have redemption through His blood. Forgiveness of sin.
0: Forgiveness of sin.
1: You know the word for forgiveness in the New Testament, the most common word, it's kind of an interesting word. It is on in the book of uh, Corinthians translated with this English word,
0: divorce. <laughs> divorce.
1: The word literally means release. So when you get a divorce, you you are released from the marital covenant. Obviously,
0: in that instance, it's not good.
1: Maybe that's not real obvious, but it's not good. Here, the same word is used, and it's the most frequent word that is translated in the English language, forgive, forgive. Forgiveness of sins. You have been released. Or your sins have been released from you. You and your sins have been taken apart.
0: Your sins are no longer with you in the eyes of God. released, canceled, sent away. Now, why did God do that? Or on what basis? Sorry, i got to find my place here. We have redemption through
1: His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according... To the riches, the wealth, the riches, the plenitude, the abundance, the overflowing of His
0: grace.
1: Oh, so you're not forgiven according to the quality of your repentance.
0: Well, at least that's not mentioned as the reason why here. And you'd think if it was the reason why it would need to be mentioned here.
1: You are forgiven on the basis according to the wealth of God's grace.
0: Well, how wealthy is God's grace? Well, the next phrase adds.
1: Sorry, I keep losing my place. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. (laughs) This is the word pile I was talking about. His grace with which he graced us, the riches of his grace which he lavished on us. Do you start to get the point that there's an abundance of grace in our God? And this abundance is something that he has poured out on his people? Lavish. Grace. And it's funny because riches and lavish are related words. Wealth which he caused to abound. In other words, more than necessary grace has been lavished. And notice, it's not that he might lavish it on us one day, he
0: has already. He
1: has already poured it out. So when we come to the grace of God, we are standing under a waterfall of grace. It's not that it might accidentally splash over onto us. It's that we are soaked in it.
0: His lavish grace. Which he caused to abound. (laughs) It goes on,
1: which he lavished on us when, in all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will. Well, what is the mystery of his will? Well, as we go on in the book of Ephesians, we're going to find out that the mystery of His will is the building of one new man, the body of Christ, the church, the fullness of Him. We are not prepared for this. He made known to to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intention. He didn't make known to you
0: the mystery of His will because you looked smart enough to get it.
1: No, he was just being nice. His kind intention. The kind intention of his will which he purposed in him, in Christ, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times. That is, now here's, here's the mystery of his will, the kind intention, which he purposed, the summing up of all things in Christ. The summing up of all things in Christ. And so, the lavish grace of God was letting you in on that. Announcing to you this most magnificent promise of God, the summing up of all things in Christ in such a way that you might receive it and be a part of it. There's more. In Him also, in Him also, we have obtained an inheritance. Now, this could have been translated We have become his inheritance. We can't tell really which way is better. And maybe we don't need to. Because our inheritance is in being his inheritance. Well, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined. Well, that's reminding us of that adoption of sons thing. He already told us, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. Not most things. Not some things.
0: Not the good things. All things. All. You see, the Lord does what the Lord does. Because He is the Lord. His sovereign rule is comprehensive. It covers everything. And
1: it covers our inheritance in Him. It covers our being drawn into the summing up of all things in Him. It covers our forgiveness of sins in Him. Our redemption from the slavery of sin in Him.
0: All of these things He does because He decided to. We are kind of grace-resistant, so we want to have something to do with this, but we have been
1: claimed by God that we would be, What's what, what was this for all again? We have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. You see, ultimately, this is about the magnificence of God put on, being put on display and being appreciated by us and by everyone and everything else. To the praise of his glory. In the view of our redemption God is glorified. Everyone one day will go wow
0: in looking at our salvation. Now, there's more. In him you also after listening to
1: the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, the good news of your salvation.
0: Here's something. Your salvation was announced to you. Just
1: think about that for a second. In other words, it's as though God came along and said, you saved. Okay. And you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also trusted it, so when the announcement was made to
0: you, you said, okay. Okay.
1: You trusted it. There's not much more to faith than just simple agreement to being saved.
0: That's all.
1: God says you and you say, thank you. When we come to the table, we come to
0: get something, not to provide anything. God is God.
1: He doesn't really need anything from us. In Him, you, after listening to the message, the truth, the gospel of your salvation, the good news of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed. Sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit that had been promised way back in Ezekiel and those guys you were sealed with that Holy Spirit who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. The indwelling of the Spirit of God is God's guarantee of the kind intention of His will, of the announcement of your salvation in Him. And the only thing... The only thing you had to do with this was you accepted it.
0: You trust yourself to it. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What is the promise?
1: With a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory
0: again and this isn't the last time to the praise of his glory you whatever's happening to you this week if you are in Christ you could not be doing any better all those ways in which you imagine you might do better
1: well we'll see what happens If you are in Christ, these are the blessings that count. Redemption, forgiveness, the lavish grace of God in announcing to you the mystery of His will, your own salvation, the gospel, the good news, which you trusted and you were then sealed with the very indwelling presence of the Spirit of God Himself. Oh, for heaven's sake, God Himself lives in you.
0: May you never get over it. Guaranteed.
1: God has decided God will finish it. This is what Paul wrote in in. Philippians chapter 1. You remember that? That He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Christ. When you see Him, you will be like Him because you will see Him as He is according to 1 John. Just Closing with a few observations about what a blessing is. A blessing
0: is a gift, not a wage. A blessing is a gift, not a wage.
1: When God blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ,
0: that was free. You didn't work
1: for it. You couldn't work for it. It is His own lavish grace determined in advance.
0: It's a gift, not a wage.
1: And when God determines to bless when God determines that he will bless someone he does not mess around. He doesn't go, okay, I'm going to bless you now. How about a little extra cash in your account?
0: How about a Good day at the office with a boss that you normally don't like. How about if this tricky situation works out nicely for you?
1: (laughs) Piddly stuff. When God sets out, when God Determined before the foundation of the world to bless you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, he didn't concern himself with whether you have a hundred dollars instead of 90. He lavished on you the eternal life that is in Christ. He lavished on you redemption, forgiveness of sin. The indwelling presence of himself in the spirit of God. He doesn't mess around. He is lavish in his grace. Now the scripture says, if he gave us Christ, his only son, how can he not give us everything? Well, the scripture also says, when he gave us Christ, he did in fact give us everything. Everything. And so the scripture says, even when something bad happens to you, God is doing something good. This is like,
0: this will give you a headache.
1: It's a good headache. These blessings are not the day by day. The ones listed here in Ephesians. Now, I think, you know, if, $100 suddenly shows up in your bank account that you didn't expect, that could be regarded as a good thing and you should probably thank God and call it a blessing. But it's not the important one. And sometimes those blessings, you know, go sideways on you. We are announcing the uh, expectation of new babies Seems like since we built a building to do children's ministry, God's trying to fill it up or something, I don't know. And we praise God for the blessing of a new child. But many of
0: you have children. Blessing?
1: We we have to say it kind of like this. Yeah. Because there are moments,
0: and with some kids, a lot of them. We can't tell what's good.
1: God knows. We trust Him. These blessings are not the day-by-day, everyday blessings. These are the giant, bestowed on us in the beloved blessings. And these are all according to the kind intention. According to God's kind intention. And for the purpose of his glory. And because they're from him and for him, they can be utterly relied upon. He can be trusted in all of these things because they come from him and they are ultimately for his glory. So we are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And we need to remember this because it is in remembering the goodness of God's grace that we become Passages of this blessing into the lives of the people around us, here in the church and in the world around us. It's because I know I'm so fantastically well off, I become generous. I become giving. I become a reflection of His grace. Father, we give you thanks. Lord, it just seems kind of shallow to just say that. But Lord, it's all we've got is our gratitude. Lord, help us to live in that gratitude. As we come to the table, the table of thanksgiving,
0: Lord, we recognize we come to you as people who receive from you your amazing grace. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.